So do you want to give us a brief background on yourself and your journey? You have a very fascinating story from kind of how you got to the United States from Germany. I'd be happy to talk about that, uh, Stevie. I you know, came to the United States um, back in the uh, early 70s. I read a book in Germany when I finished high school. It was written by an American author called Alvin Toffler called The Future Shock. And in that book, it said that up till about World War II, Europe was the leading area to be in business and science and medicine. And after World War II, the future was really coming out of America. That's going to be America's century. So I said to myself, why do I want to be where the past is? I should be where the future is. So I made plans to uh, you know, come to the United States. Uh, I was able to uh, arrange for college out in California. My family had some friends that they knew that lived out there. I needed to work. I worked 20 hours a week for Carnation Company, which is now, I think, part of Nestle uh, and in the accounting department, as it turns out. So maybe I was predestined to be in the accounting software business. And so I worked with them, went to school, graduated. Then eventually after graduation, I went to Columbia uh, to get my uh, master's degree at Columbia Business School. Friends of mine uh, own computer associates. This, they were just going public. And they said, we need a marketing guy. Are you interested in coming aboard? I knew nothing about computers, nothing about software, but I knew a lot about marketing. So I joined them and probably became one of the earlier uh, people that came out of the package goods industry into the technology industry. And just Steve, for, uh, fast forward, Several, many, many years later, when my company, Flexi Software, started working closely with Microsoft, I got to know Steve Barmer, who was then president of uh, Microsoft, and it's, we had very similar background. He worked uh, for Procter & Gamble, and I worked for Goldie Kamala, so we were both uh, product marketing people that went into the technology industry. And from there, I went to Canada to run a company up in Canada for, for a while, and actually we can talk about it later, but I got fired by computer searches. I always point that out later on when I talk about failure success uh, that gave me a chance to become a CEO of an independent company, which I really wanted to do and would have never been able to do at Computer Associates where the two brothers were running the company. And so I did that and that was very successful. And while I was at uh, GIAC, this new client server technology came along and a friend of mine that I had brought with me from Computer Associates, the technical brain and also my co-founder later on of Flexi, we sat down one day and just typical sort of on the back of an envelope uh, or a napkin and said, you know, what's this all about client server? He says, well, we all got to rewrite our software that would worked on IBM computers or main mid-range computers wouldn't work anymore. So I said, well, that's our chance, right? To start up a company and write our own accounting uh, financial software. And he said, yeah, you're right. So we made plans. Uh, I left GIAC. Uh, he went to California with a small team to build the first one of our products, a general ledger product. I still worked for another company called Data East for a year and a half. I've been also based in Connecticut. I asked to kind of help some venture capitalists out to turn the company around and it fit well because I had nothing to do until the product was ready. I couldn't sell anything. And then, uh, you know, the rest is history. We founded uh, Flexi Software, uh, three of us, uh, Jenny Cheng, uh, Jim Skank, and myself. And uh, that's uh, how I got here and talking to you. And then along the way, I, we get to know CBIA. It's uh, the organization that you know, helps small and large businesses in Connecticut. We joined them and I eventually got on the board for a few years and it's been a good relationship. 
Stefan, that's an excellent story. I know that you founded Flexi at the age of 44. You have been in Shelton, Connecticut for the past 30 years. Last year was just your 30th anniversary, so congratulations. Take us through that journey and what 30 years looks like. Well, we started out, uh, you know, with uh, three or four people uh, up in uh, in Shelton, Connecticut. Uh, we <laughs> built on top of a client-server technology uh, with, with a couple of very good strategic decisions going, you know, looking back. Uh, we wanted to be using industry standard technology, not our own proprietary stuff. We, we very much focused on being connected with the Microsoft underlying technology, and that has worked out, uh, you know, very well for us. We initially focused uh, a lot on banking and insurance companies, credit unions. Actually, Citibank at one time became, you know, was a customer of ours. Uh, we had many large companies in Europe and, uh, you know, South Africa. And then over time, we built the company into, you know, a large organization, filled out the product line, uh, have a full suite of accounting software from general ledger accounts, payable accounts, receivable, fixed assets, all the backbone of the uh, you know, accounting operations. And our focus and you know, with the client server technology, prior to that, you really dealt with dumb terminals and uh, you know, the mainframe computers and end users had a very poor user experience. Client server all of a sudden gave you the front end of a PC with the benefits of the user friendliness of a PC. Uh, and then on the back end, you still had the large uh, servers, a large mainframe computers. That's really the client server technology. And our focus always was, and we thought that was really the primary reason is to improve the productivity of the accountants and to also uh, you know, look into automating a lot of the mundane processes. And you know, over the years, our focus has been on improving on that. And then it will move forward eventually, I think, where we're going to see something called uh, accounting factories or finance factories, where it will become very common that the accounting operation are just not housed in-house anymore. They're offloaded, and then the accountants can really do what they're best at, help companies run the business, make decisions based on the finances, trends, uh, you know, KPIs, key performance indicators. And there's a lot of stuff they can do and without being tied down to run the data operation. So that's sort of how we developed developed from you know really technology shifts that came along and as they came along we took advantage of it and that's been one of our driving forces we've always very early on looked at technologies we we're one of the first offering workflow back in 96 and we couldn't other than our customer uh, Citibank nobody wanted the workflow now you can sell an accounts payable system without workflow which automatically uh, you know deals with the approval process rather than the manual one where you have to send an email to somebody, wait for their response. This is now all automated. So we've always prided ourselves with pushing technology forward. Flexi certainly seems like no ordinary accounting software provider. Well, that's what we hope so. You know, it's, we call ourselves Flexi Software for, for that reason. We want to be flexible. We want to be responsive uh, to the needs of the, uh, you know, of the customers. And, and so far, I think we've done that. We have customers been with us for 20 years, uh, you know, 25 years, uh, as well as customers only been with us for a number of years. But, you know, as long as you move the technology forward, uh, I think that's when you can keep the customers. If you start standing still, then something else will overtake your products and, and you will get like cloud computing. If you today, 
five years ago, three years ago, 80% of the business was sold on premise, they call it, where people install it on their own uh, operations within their own company. Now it's the other way around. 80% of everything is cloud computing. People don't want to have it any, anymore in-house. They don't want to pay the big bucks up front. They want to pay on a uh, you know, subscription basis where they pay you a monthly or annual fee. Understandable, Stefan. And how has Flexi been able to lead the way with innovation and being able to pivot as the market changes? Yeah, I always uh, believe there are three things that the company has to have, uh, people, passion, uh, and product. And uh, I, I put it in that order. I think it really, you need to have good people uh, I don't care how good your product is if you don't have good uh, good people. You've got to be able to, you know, have them. I can't drive the product forward by myself. I'm a marketing guy, I'm not the technical guy, and my technical partner retired. So we have very good technical people now. But you know, it takes people. It takes people in selling and marketing. So I think people is very important, and we've always been uh, good at attracting uh, young, uh, you know, people to this business. On the people side, our philosophy or my philosophy has always been, I hire people more for their potential than for their resume or their experience. I think you want to find the people where you see something in them, you know, something that gets them excited. Uh, you know, not somebody that tells me, well, I've done this and this and this for the last 10 years. I probably don't like you so much because then you're set in your ways. You want to do it that same way the next 10 years. No, I don't want you to do it the same way the next 10 years. I want you to do it with me in a different way. At the end, you know, obviously you got to have a good product. I mean, you know, you have to have a better mousetrap uh, than the competition, or you have to have something. And you know, I mean, on, on some level, all of our products do the same. But you know, hopefully, between you know, new innovations, new technology we introduce, uh, you know, we can you know stay ahead of the you know ahead of the curve. And you know, as long as we don't settle and just keep pushing forward, I think we can maintain you know our um, uh, growth. I agree. Stefan, you've been quoted saying there's no straight road to success. Can you share with us a story or two from Flexi's earlier days? I often talk to students and, uh, you know, one of my universities in California that I graduated from has a professor of the day and, you know, you get a chance to talk to them and share some of your experience with them. And to me, often when you talk to younger people, they sort of are afraid of failure. You know, they, they, they play it, you know, with little risk, they want to kind of, you know, have a job, they want to have somebody, you know, cover a lot of their things, hope that the government takes care of all their, you know, you know, problems and, you know, insurance, etc. And I say to people, you, there is no straight road to success, you know, there will be plenty of bumps along the way. And if you can't react to those bumps, and be responsive to those, then yeah, you're going to fail. But as I said earlier, you know, to me, failure breeds success. Uh, you, you, there's nothing wrong with failing. I've been terminated or fired three times. Most people don't like to admit that, but that's fine. Every time I got fired, it led to something better because I didn't say, oh God, I got fired. I said, okay, now what do I do? And it led, you know, one to become a CEO, the other one to start my, uh, my own company. So you got to kind of, as an as a individual and as a business, accept the fact that there will be one-way streets. I mean, we we headed down the road of business process outsourcing about five years before uh, the market was ready for it. Yeah, we invested in it. We couldn't do it. We could have said, "Oh, this will never happen." We blew the money, or say, "Okay, we'll pivot, do something a little bit different, 
And then the market caught up with us. And now we're a big player in, in the BPO business. Uh, very early on, uh, when we started the company and we needed, we were self-funded initially, and then we went to the venture capitalist route. I remember sitting with some friends uh, up in uh, our home in, in Litchfield County, Connecticut, and said to them, on Monday, I'm either, we'll have a well-funded company or we're going to be out of business and I'm broke because we needed that funding and we didn't know whether we're going to get it. And if you don't get it, we probably wouldn't have gone out of business. We would have pivoted and worked out something else. And, you know, we had a big uh, client uh, that required a lot of our resources and uh, you know, we had to rearrange our resources. So I think you just got to be prepared to pivot. Don't be afraid. Uh, you know, risk something. And I've done other things in my life in previous jobs where I would pursue something that I was told by management would never succeed and I shouldn't really spend time on it. Well, we did it and eventually it became a success. So yeah, you could say, well, management told me not to do it. Can't be wrong, right? They can't fire me for that. Or you can say, I really believe in what I'm doing. And I'm going to go uh, go after it and uh, make it a success. And so that's to me, it's like bumps in the road, but don't let them make you fall down and just get up. Besides being afraid to fail, are there any other best practices that you'd want to share? So often, I think people don't really have a plan for what they want to do with their career. And so People do not, or you know, young employees especially, they uh, get into a job, haven't really thought through why they were doing it, and then they're sort of stumbling along, maybe from one job to another. Somebody's going to offer you a little more money, so you're going to go to that guy. And then you maybe change again because you get offered a little more money, or maybe it's a different location that you like. But at the end, is it moving you forward in your career plan? Is it moving you forward with your goals? And you know, the goals can be you want to be a CEO and that's great, or you want to be in a nonprofit organization and really support causes that are important to you and succeed in that. There's no value judgment on that. It's just you've got to have a plan. And if you don't have a plan, you're likely going to be sort of maybe by pure luck, you fall into something that's really successful and great. But at the same time, you're more likely to uh, just be sort of drifting along. And I think that's what I always encourage uh, you know, young people to do, to decide what you want. And yeah, you'll adjust. You don't make a plan today in five years, it's exactly the same plan, but then you adjust just like a business it has a business plan. And you know, people always want five-year projections or five-year things. And I said, to was in five years, it will be nothing like what it is today, but it's a good, good plan to sort of plan. Where do you want to be five years from now? I agree with you. I just think it is kind of tough if you think about it, because I feel like, especially here, you go to college at, you start college at 18 years old. So before you start college, you need to kind of put something in your head, what you want to do for the rest of your life. And then you can graduate college and maybe you start your career and it's not what you thought it would be. So then you try to pivot onto something else. And I feel like that's probably a challenge a lot of people in my generation face today. And, and the one key thing for, for that is you've got to reach out to people somewhere in your, among your friends, your relatives, that you may either look up to or you think they can give you some advice on uh, you know, how to go. I mean, I had people along the way. I remember before I decided whether I was gonna go back to the United or go to the United States after I read that book, I sat down, I went for a long walk. Germans like to go for walks. So I went for a long walk with my uncle 
very successful businessman in Germany. And I, he said, well, take me through your analysis. Why are you going back? Are you going back just because it's more exciting to live in California than live in Hamburg? If that's the reason to do it, don't do it. There's no plan. Why are you going there? What are you seeing? And so I took him through my thought process and you know, he, he gave some critiques, some background, some you know, thoughts, but it helped me along. And I think young people, there are people out there, that's why I like going out to universities and giving you know, presentations to students just to, to give them some, some other way to look uh, at it. And I know it's hard. I mean, it was hard for us too, don't get me wrong. It's nice for me at the end of my career to sit here and talk about all this. But, you know, I came to the United States. I barely spoke English. Uh, I went to a university where I struggled to keep up, but eventually kept up and, and graduated. And fast forward, I, I, years later, I ended up on the advisory board of the business school of my university out there. And so, you know, but I have people along the way. So for me personally, being younger in my career, I think you just gave some extremely valuable advice. So thank you for that. Um, one last question. Flexi has three decades of experience powering the financial operations of enterprises worldwide. What advice would you give yourself if you could go back from the start? You know, if, if I look back, I would probably uh, not focus as much only on banking and insurance, but would have broadened early on um, my, my focus because I give you a good example. We were so focused on banking uh, primarily, and we had Wells Fargo, we had Citibank, we had major banks in Europe, uh, in Skilda, Bunken, and Swiss Card, and others. And you may, you probably remember, but you're so young, you may not even remember, but in the, when the year 2000 was coming along, there was major concerns by people about how computer software was able to deal with that change to, the, you know, to 20 from everything being 19, and could, could that be done? And so there was a major effort made for two years for people to bring their old software up to the, the 20, uh, you know, dealing with the number two uh, digit in, in, the, in the software. We had that already built into our software. We were uh, parameter driven, not date, fixed date uh, driven. But the banks were under such pressure to do it that they were not willing to risk buying new software during that time, but rather they spent their time fixing the old software. So when I look back, and that hurt us quite a bit for a while, because that was our primary focus and banks weren't buying new software, they were fixing their old software. So if I do it back, I would probably branch out a little bit more, uh, you know, be as accessible to the large organization as the medium and smaller organizations, which we now do. Uh, you know, I, I think the partner, in a, working with partners in industries has been very successful for us. I may have looked at that earlier, uh, you know, along the way and, uh, you know, and then probably if I look back, one, you know, even though we took venture financing, venture capitalist financing, that has a lot of, uh, you know, risks and negatives associated with it. You lose a lot of control over your business. You know, they have an agenda of exit strategy to where they want to get return on their money. You may have a strategy of moving slower towards an IPO, or, you know, a public offering or something. So if I went back, I may have looked at other financing options. Uh, because venture capitalists have, have a lot of control over you. And with hindsight, that, that wasn't as good as, as I would have liked it to be. You know, as a final thought, uh, you know, I've, I've heard from students, well, geez, this all happened already. We already have all this technology with iPhones. We already have all this technology. What opportunities are there? We have electric cars. 
and I tell them I would love to be young today. Uh, I see so many opportunities out there that, that you can pursue. All I'm saying, the opportunities are just endless. And just because we had a great run for the last uh, you know, 25 years with this technology, which, which is unbelievable when you think about it. And I'll, I'll do one more digression here. But if you look about just about 100 years ago, we were living, there were, we were just getting, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the, te the technology uh, like the steam engine. Before that, everybody was still going by horseback or walking to move from A to B. That was a major move forward. And then the uh, telegraph got invented. And there was actually a lot of problems relative to that where people were taking advantage of the telegraph to fix the stock market. But, you know, the, this just 100 years or so ago. Here we are now with technology that could have never dreamt of. And even when I started, uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago in, in this business to now, who would have thought we have cell phones, iPad? And so, yes, we have moved very fast forward. And I think we're going to move just as fast. Well, I just personally want to thank you for your time this morning. I know May is small business week, the first week in May. So I would like to thank Flexi for being a small business here in Shelton, Connecticut for 30 years. And it was a pleasure to get this firsthand advice and kind of hear about your career and learn more about Flexi software. So thank you again, Stefan. For the latest Connecticut business news, events, and resources, visit cbia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA News and on LinkedIn and Facebook. Contact us anytime, 860-244-1900. Thanks so much for listening.